Ice cream cake. That's what makes a great surprise party. Top of the hour now, here are your headlines. This week, Donald Trump called off a meeting with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. Quote, Believe me, it's a bad deal to meet that chubby, round-faced, little toupee boy, said Kim Jong-un. Harvey Weinstein turned himself into authorities this week on sexual assault charges. He's reportedly worked out a deal to have his prison term narrated by his new cellmate, Morgan Freeman. In California this week, a cougar attacked and killed a mountain biker. Said the cougar, I resent that term just because I'm an older, divorced mountain lion who murdered a younger man. ABC has canceled the show The Chew, which opens up another hour for Good Morning America. GMA will now come in at a total runtime of 27 hours and 8 hours. According to a recent article from the Journal of Science Education, there has been a significant increase in the number of teachers using iPads to teach elementary school children in the U.S., some as early as second grade. This led one of our reporters to investigate the role of smart tech in the classroom. It's the start of a new day here at Lincoln Park Elementary on Chicago's north side. In the past, mornings before school here, you may have seen little Tina playing jump rope or little Benji chasing around his little chums. But in 2018, all of the little Tinas and Benjis are on their smartphones. Today, I'm here to talk to Principal Brian Libson to discuss the task of educating little children in a digital age. Thank you for being in my life. Now, I used to get in trouble for wearing headphones or doodling puppies, but what are you seeing students do in a world of Facebooks and world star hip-hops? Children will be the denizens of a brave new world. A world where your headphones will have no wires and neither will your puppies. So we must embrace what they embrace. Just last week we had a sixth grader ride his drone to school. Whereas I drove a 2004 Honda Pilot. I ask you, sir, who is the true pioneer in that scenario? That's all well and good, but how do teachers react to unfamiliar tech in their classroom? Ah, uh, we must acknowledge that as adults, we represent the ways of old. We encourage our teachers, if a student is using a phone in class, they are likely doing something brilliant or majestic. So stand back and let them change the world. Even if a student may be missing the teacher's lesson? Oh, in that case, Mr. Gibson, I ask you, who is the true teacher? The teacher. Ah. I was learning a lot, but I wanted to see his theory in action. So I visited Mrs. McPherson's first grade classroom. It was a class of 34 children. There was little Tina and little Benji. And all of them were sitting Indian-style on the rug, looking down quietly at their phones. Mrs. McPherson spoke from the head of the class. So, we added three, and added three, and we get six. But what if we added three again? Who knows what we would get this time? Mrs. McPherson looks around the room in hope, but there is no answer. Any... anyone? Jane? Bobby? Did anyone hear me? Six plus three. Only the sound of tiny thumbs on tiny screens can be heard. Candy is crushed and snaps are chatted. But there is no solution to Mrs. McPherson's question. 
I begin to fear that today's math may go unlearned until suddenly a hand goes up in the back corner of the room. <laughs> yes, yes, Timmy. Mrs. McPherson, do you have a, a, a Android charger? Although I was impressed at little Timmy's high score of 2048 and his genius strategy of keeping higher numbers in the corner, I clearly did not understand this new relationship between academia and technology. Mr. Libson explained it to me this way. First, think of a child's brain as a small version of your own brain. It thinks and operates your gag reflex, but... It's not yet bogged down with the muck of life, like like in your 20s when you dropped out of law school to become a poet. Now, think of your own brain as a smaller version of a collective brain that we all share. One big brain. Now, think of your smartphone as a tiny window into that collective. Now, open your eyes. I had not closed my eyes. This is the world I see for the future. A place where humans will hold in their fingertips the gateways to humanity's true essence. A utopia of imagination and fantasy. Where our souls will... Oh! Oh, a cat playing jump rope. Majestic. For NPR News, I'm Tom Gibson. Thanks, Tom. There's some leftover ice cream cake in the break room. Up next, a few years ago, it was if the dress was gold or blue, but now the latest internet debate revolves around a peculiar audio clip. When played, some people claim to hear a voice saying the word Yanni, and others hear Laurel. To help us explain the phenomenon, we are joined in the studio by the head of dialects and speech at the MIT Research Lab, Dr. Ferb Ferbson. That's an interesting name. Uh, even more so when pronounced correctly. Oh, uh, excuse me. Sorry. Uh, what is the correct pronunciation? Dr. Ferb Ferbson. Fascinating. Now, please, uh, can you explain what is happening with the infamous audio clip that is circulating the internet? Of course, uh, every human brain processes information a little differently, and because of the way this audio clip was made, there are a multitude of waves that pass across an individual's eardrum, so many that the brain decides to only pick up a certain set of waves. The waves their brain picks up are indicative of which name they hear. So, depending on the sound waves a person's brain processes, that will determine if they hear Yanni or Laurel? Mm -hmm. Not at all. There are two different waves, and whichever waves their brain processes determines if they hear Yanni or Laurel. Right. I thought I said that. So, for example, I hear Laurel. So can you pinpoint the sound waves that my brain is picking up? See, this is fascinating. While you hear Yanni, I actually hear Laurel. I hear Laurel, not Yanni. You hear Yanni, not Yanni? No, I hear Laurel. Yanni. Laurel. Like Laurel and Hardy. Uh, who are Yanni and Hardy? Laurel and Hardy. Famous comedy duo. They wrote Who's On First? Oh, Abbott and Costello. I th No, I thought that was Laurel and Hardy. I've never heard of Yanni and Hardy. Which one did they do? I don't know. No, I, I think he was on third base. Who was? Yanni. <sighs> All right. 
Thanks to our guest. And coming up, a story about a man who, after seeing a mongoose wearing roller skates, becomes the first man to have actually seen everything.